Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his message in Galatians 5, 16 through 21, called Tug of War. I want to just give you several scriptures, and I'm going to do this in rapid fire about how we should walk, and then we'll talk about how we do it. So here's several verses, and just write these down if nothing else. Romans 6, 4 says we should walk in newness of life. Ephesians 2.10 says we should walk in the good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ephesians 4.1 says we should walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Ephesians 4.17 says we should walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Remember, you can go back and listen to this if you don't get all the scriptures. Ephesians 5.2 says we should walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Ephesians 5.8 says you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. It expounds a little bit more about what this means. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. We're at Ephesians 5.15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Colossians 2, verse 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, and remember, we dealt with two trees last time, uh, a tree that's prospering, fruitful, and a tree that's not. And this Colossians 2, 7 says, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. This is 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 1. It says, finally, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 4.1, that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you might excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. This is how you should walk. Your sanctification, that is that you abstain from sexual immorality. And then just a few more. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us or keeps cleansing us from all sin. Walk in the light. And finally, 1 John 2, 6 says, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. 1 John 2, 6. So you say, well, how do I walk? Well, you are to walk in the same manner. You are to live, synonym for walk, in the same manner as Jesus walked. Now you say that's impossible. But Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me. A surrendered, crucified life 
which we read at the end of Galatians 5, crucifying the flesh, that crucified life then brings forth the resurrection life or the life of Christ in your life. So it is possible to walk in the same manner as he walked when you are surrendered to the power of the Holy Spirit. Many have pointed out that when uh, the life of Jesus is described, he gets baptized uh, in the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And then in Acts 10, I think it's uh, right around verse 38, if I'm not mistaken, it says that Jesus was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit and he went about, you could put it this way, he walked about doing good. The power of the Holy Spirit was even happening within the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And that same power, Jesus said, that he uh, used in his life, if you will, was going to come down into the life of the believer. Now, we all know that we're not Jesus. We're not the God-man. We will never be like him in that sense of all that he has. But we can experience uh, the similar power, if you will, as we surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But something has to get out of the way for that to happen. And that is our flesh. We still have a, uh, and theologians struggle on how to describe this, the NIV puts it as the sinful nature, and they talk about two natures struggling with one another. But the, some of the, the more literal translations just say the flesh. And you say, Pastor Michael, well, what is the flesh? That sounds really weird, especially if you're new to the Bible. The flesh. What is the, the flesh? Well, the flesh is a Greek word called sarx, S-A-R-X, in our English language. And it means that which remains of your unredeemed humanity. Even though you're born again of the Holy Spirit, you still have another principle or law in the members of your body, Romans 7. And that those principles are still battling. This battle is expounded in verse 17 when it says, for the flesh, that's that word sarks there, sets its desire against the spirit. Notice the spirit is capitalized, so it's the Holy Spirit here. And the spirit, you've been born again of the spirit if you're a Christian, against the flesh. So the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. The spirit, its desire against the flesh. So when you are walking by the spirit, your flesh, you could say, doesn't necessarily like it, but it's crucified and surrendered to that direction. Just think about it this way. There's times in your life when maybe you've gone the extra mile to help somebody, to sacrifice something of yourself. And your flesh was saying, why are you doing that? Why are you taking extra time with that person? Or why have you sacrificed money that you were going to use a golden spoon for yourself for that person? Why would you do that? Why would you submit and surrender or uh, sacrifice your time? Your flesh doesn't necessarily like that. And when you are giving into your flesh, the spirit is saying, don't do that. And as a Christian, it's not just about your conscience. Everybody has a conscience, but your conscience can be seared. If you, give, if you uh, defile your conscience or uh, there's, there's a way that your conscience can, can kind of be a bad barometer if, if you just ignore it enough times. But when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, then it's something more intense than conscience. The Spirit is saying to you, 
This is the way that you should go. And when you're giving into your flesh, that's when as a Christian, you can hear the voice of, your, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes it feels like, see, see if this, uh, I'm using the word resonate a lot, but here it is. See, see if this uh, sounds true to you. Sometimes it feels like you got multiple voices inside of you vying for superiority, amen? And, and sometimes you, you say to yourself, why am I thinking that way? <laughs> why did I do that? Why did I say that? And that's where Paul says in Romans 7, oh, wretched man that I am. <laughs> do you ever just feel that way? Do you ever, you know, uh, revisit some, some things and you just say, why? Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? But then Paul says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it almost feels like there's sometimes three voices. The voice of the Spirit, it could be my own voice, and then it could be the voice of the flesh, if you will. There's a battle that goes on. But just to simplify it, it's the battle really of two voices, two trajectories, two ways of living. And the way of living by the Spirit is simply to obey the Word of God, which is breathed out by the Spirit of God. That's just the bottom line. So the Spirit helps you to obey your Bible. The Spirit helps you to obey the, the commands of God. And, and in fact, when you are doing it, you're going to see the fruits listed in verses 22 and 23. All the fruits that we desire, like love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and self-control and all of those. But notice in verse 17 that there is a battle. There is battle language here. There's the word sets its desire. There's the idea of opposition. The language captures a clash. Here's the NIV, 17. The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. The spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. The New Living Translation says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, New Living Translation, are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We know, for example, Psalm 34, Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you what? The desires of your heart. But sometimes what happens is when we're not delighting ourselves in the Lord or anchoring ourselves in the Lord, which includes crucifying the flesh, we find that other law, which is captured in Romans 7. Let's turn there for a second. And I'm going to show you three key passages. These are parallel passages I want to point out to you. Let's start in Romans 7. And then we're going to uh, turn a little bit to about three scriptures. Let's just take a peek at something that we've looked at before. But in Romans 7... Look at verse 22, Paul writes, For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. You could say within my spirit, Romans 7, 23, but I see a different law in the members of my body. There's the flesh, if you will. Waging war, there's the conflict against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members or my flesh, if you will. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? How can I break these chains? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want you to flip over to Romans 13. Romans 13. Paul talks about fulfilling the royal law of love in Romans 13, 8. And he gives us some detail. He says in in Romans 13, 10, that love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, he's writing to believers and he says in Romans 13, 11, Do this, knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep, from sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. You're going to see many of those same sins listed in Galatians 5. Here's the key. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Now, if you've read the book Suit Up, many of you have, and I would recommend it to you just because I think it's a helpful uh, teaching on how to put on the armor of God. I highlight these verses in the book And in verse 14, here's a key. You are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, to put on the armor of God is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a move that you make every day. So in the morning, one of my prayers is, Lord, by faith, I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I put on the helmet of salvation. I start walking down the pieces of the armor of God. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I take the belt of truth. I take my shield of faith. I take the shoes of of peace. I take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and by faith I pray on the armor. Now I realize that the armor is a metaphor, it's a picture, but what's armor a picture of? A battle. And each day that you wake up, you got to realize, you have to realize this, brethren, you're in a battle. So in order to fight a battle effectively, God's given you provisions for the battle. God's your Father. He loves you, and he wants you to be equipped for the battle. So he gives you these provisions, and when you suit up each morning of every day and maybe multiple times a day, what you're doing is acknowledging that there's a battle and acknowledging that there's a power to fight that battle, the power of the Spirit. Everybody with me? So you put on the power. you got to formalize it each and every day. You do it by faith, and essentially what you're doing is clothing yourself with the armor for the battle. You make the provision for the battle. And verse 14 says, you make no 
provision for the flesh. So instead of putting the things of the flesh on, you put the things of the spirit on. In our modern culture, it's something like this. You know, we're tempted, the first thing we wake up to go for our phone, or maybe you're tempted to check social media. And your phone can be a tool to access scripture, no doubt. Your phone can be a, uh, an opportunity to do something good, like maybe read a devotion or click on a sermon. But if your phone becomes a pathway to the flesh, and maybe you have good intentions, <laughs> but all of a sudden you find yourself checking this, you're checking email, you're checking this, you're checking that. Look, we all struggle with this. Then you're not, the first thing that you're doing is not equipping yourself for the battle of the spirit, but of the flesh. Everybody with me? It's really that simple. It's kind of like what you decide to prioritize. This is why you are not a passive participant in this battle, brethren. You must put on what God has provided. In making no provision for the flesh, here's an example, and this was in the book. Your flesh wants you to make provisions for it. It's crying out for provisions. You put on the spiritual armor, you're kind of shutting down the flesh. But the flesh wants its satisfaction, and to make a provision for it is captured in an illustration like this. Let's say that you decided to take a hike, and you're going to go up, let's say, just on the trails here in Corona, and you have a backpack, and you, you took provisions with you. Let's say you took some bottles of water and some granola bars and stuff like that. And you did that. You made a provision because you know you're going to get hungry and thirsty on the trail. Your flesh wants you to make provisions for it. Paul says in Romans 13, 14, make no provisions for the flesh. Don't, don't plan your next fall to the flesh. Don't stuff things in your metaphorical backpack for later, knowing that you're going to give in to the flesh, because then you're just making a provision for it. And then essentially what you're doing is playing a game. Because you stuffed things in your backpack for your flesh for later, so you've already set yourself up for a fall. You make no provision for the flesh. That's what Paul is saying. You don't provide it anything. You starve the flesh and feed the spirit. Now, that's one of the illustrations that we used in the book, Suit Up. I want you to turn to just a, a few other passages, 2 Corinthians 10. Uh, this is going right now in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 10. And I, I'm going to bounce a little bit around because I want you to get some parallel text. Let's look at verse 3 in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but what? Divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. There are things in our lives that need to come crashing down. They need to be demolished. We are destroying speculations. Here is the idea of spiritual warfare fought largely in worldview, in ideas, and so forth. And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Here is more on the warfare, and I want to take you to one more. It's in 1 Peter, which is all the way in the back of your New Testament. So keep going to the right. 1 Peter 2. Peter is writing to a, a suffering church, a persecuted church that's going through a lot of hard times. And sometimes when you're going through hard times, you want to feed the flesh. Now, as much as uh, 1 Peter 2 is what you want, as much as there's been a uh, increase in Bible sales during this pandemic, there's been an increase in alcoholism. Uh, there's been concerns expressed by church leaders, even to our governor, 
that we need to understand that the church's existence is essential because we walk a faith that is a one another faith. And God is using technology and we're grateful for that. But the church needs to be together for many reasons, to encourage one another in the faith, to uh, encourage one another to love and good deeds, to pray for one another, to minister to one another, to serve one another. And, and that's happening to a certain degree, but still we need to be together. You've been listening to Tug of War Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5, 16 through 21. Hey, if you'd like to watch the video of this teaching, subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com and click on church. And while you're on our website, would you please consider giving a small donation? As you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of your support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. So if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? By the way, a big thank you to Mark from Chatsworth and Paul from Hacienda Heights for your donations this month. We're also very grateful to our new and longtime monthly partners, so we're very blessed by everyone who gives. And if you've thought about giving, your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. And if you'd like to become a monthly partner for at least $5, that's much appreciated too. Again, please visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. And thank you for believing in our mission to equip the body of Christ. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we consider the fruit of the flesh, man, it's an ugly list of sins here. But, you know, the sins should not surprise us. I remember years ago, I was a young Christian and I was talking to an older, more mature Christian. And I was telling him about my struggle in this tug of war. And he responded, sex, drugs and rock and roll, man. (laughs) It kind of shocked me. But it was like he knew he knew what I was struggling with as a young Christian (laughs) and And I'm sure, even though that might surprise you that he said that, or I just said that, that's the world we live in, right? We we struggle with these temptations that are kind of just, you know, they're carrots that are dangled in our face. And we have to realize as Christians that we face these things and we need to talk about how we overcome them. Now, one of the ways that you overcome these sins is that you don't Put it in front of your face. And if it ends up in front of your face, you turn it off. You don't put yourself in a position to fall, brother, sister. So let's start there. But how about if you're sharing with someone? How about if you want to talk to someone about the struggle and someone's giving into it and you don't want to sound judgmental or hateful? I think one of the best ways to approach people is just say, hey, man, I understand. But we want to live a holy life. And and the way that we can avoid falling to the flesh is by walking in the Spirit. And it's just as simple as that. And once we really admit that it's that simple and yet that powerful, I think we're going to fall much less. We're going to be, not going to be sinless, but we're going to sin less. Well, I know if you're like me, you probably are sick and tired of saying or hearing COVID-19 and maybe the, some of the taglines that go with it. Uh, but I'll leave that. <laughs> I'll leave that alone for right now. But I think you know what I'm saying. But hey, you know, you might say, well, what would you say, Pastor Michael, about it? some encouragement right now? Because man, I am tired. 
and maybe you're in a situation where things are getting really tight financially, or maybe you're depressed, or maybe you're even suicidal. Man, I mean, I know I heard a stat that suicide hotlines are up something like 300% alcohol sales up uh, some ungodly percentage. And man, that's not the place to turn. Don't turn in hurting yourself. Don't turn to alcohol. That is not the answer. That will just give you another problem. Turn to the God of the Bible. You say, well, why should I turn to him? Where's he been? Well, he's never moved. And he's shown us how much he loves us by sending his own son to die on a terrible cross because he loves us. So, you know what? Sometimes I have my own questions and I don't understand everything, but I find my answers at the foot of the cross and in the face of my Savior. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for all of our listeners right now, our listening family, those who may have joined us for the first time today. And I pray that no matter where they may find themselves, that they will run to you, that they will learn and I will learn to walk by the Spirit and to walk in victory. And I pray that you would give victory and blessing and peace to your people. And I thank you so much for those who've listened in and have benefited from today. And I pray that they would be walking forward in encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll catch you next time on Walk in Truth. Come back tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5 called Tug of War. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, bless, and equip you during this crazy time. God bless. God bless.